as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Impala Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot And I am Andy Wilson, also Big Shiny Robot uh, and we got two movies for you this week. We've got uh, the somewhat kind of biopic Jackie, based on the life of Jackie Onassis Kennedy, uh, and also Hidden Figures, which tells the kind of behind-the-scenes story about how we got to the moon uh, and the people who were involved who you may not have expected to be there because history books really didn't tell us much about them. At least mine didn't. Um, yep. But before we jump over there, let's talk about Jackie for a second. So uh, Jackie stars Natalie Portman as Jackie Kennedy, uh, and takes place. Yes, we love Natalie Portman, and she's the best part of this. So <laughs> that that's definitely got something going for it. Um, this takes place immediately during, and then the days after uh, the JFK assassination, uh, and it's showing pretty much everything that she goes through as far as trying to plan the funeral, trying to keep her family together, and also responding to the, the pressures and everything going on around her. Um, it's told through flashbacks uh, via two parts. First, she's speaking with uh, a reporter, Theodore White, who's played by Billy Crudup, and also to John Hurt, who plays Father Richard McSorley, who uh, at the end actually is reinterring their children who passed away when they were younger with JFK in, in the cemetery. Um, but yeah, it's told with flashbacks from those two scenes, and that's that's kind of the movie. <laughs> Um, wow, that that sounds like a real holiday fun fest. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely the the feel good movie of the year. Um, wow. No, it, it really focuses on solely on Natalie Portman and her portrayal of Jackie Kennedy and the trials, tribulations, the sadness, the overcoming grief, and dealing with grief that she went through. Um, again, those couple days right after the assassination, and I'll, I'll say one thing see this movie for Natalie Portman's portrayal because she does an excellent job. I mean, she nails the little, like, ticks, the motions, the accent, the voice, the way she stands and holds her hands. I mean, this this is definitely seeing Jackie Kennedy on screen. Obviously, Natalie Portman doesn't quite look like Jackie Kennedy, but she hits everything else. The problem with the rest of it is that this movie is so wrapped up in trying to show what a great actress Natalie Portman is that everything else kind of falls by the wayside. I mean, it's not horribly done. It's they have it's well shot. They uh, intermix in some of the actual footage of like the Kennedy funeral and the procession through uh, Washington D.C. Um, mixed again, mixed in with what's actually happening on the screen with the new new film. But it almost kind of feels like this is a movie they would have showed you in high school history class right when you learn about the JFK assassination uh, to kind of give you an insight into it. Um, it it has kind of a weird look and feel to it. The soundtrack is really weird, too. It almost sounds like through most of the movie that you have a synthesizer that's whining. That's like the easiest way I can describe it. It's I don't know. It just, there was something unsettling. Some like emo John Carpenter. Yeah. It, it was. In, it's not like a... Yeah, it's not like a typical you know synthesizer like '80s or what you'd expect from Van Halen, but it's got this kind of like noise like that's happening through 50% of the scenes, and it's really kind of annoying. Uh, but again, Natalie Portman is doing a great job here. But the problem is, you could tell that they're doing this movie specifically to win her an Oscar. 
that the whole point of this movie existing is because Natalie Portman is a great actress, so let's have her play a difficult role and get some buzz around us so she wins an award. And I'm not saying that Natalie Portman doesn't deserve an award because she's a great actress and we, we love her for all the crazy and amazing work she's done. But it just feels like that's all this movie is trying for. So in the end, it kind of just falls flat and it feels almost forgettable except for what she's doing. Um, it's not bad. It's just not great. Uh, I'm at a 7 out of 10. Just kind of wish... I don't, I don't know if there's so much they could have even done more with the story because there's only so much you can tell about the days after his assassination, but I don't know. It's, it feels like there's something missing and feels more like this is your edutainment for the week instead of the heartfelt, uh, almost like documentary it could be. Yeah, well, I think that's hard. I mean, if, if you take a specific point in a person's life like that that's so full of grief and heartache, you really aren't getting the whole story because you're missing all all of the context and and so I, I think that's I think that makes it difficult it's it's also sad that you know when when there are movies that are so blatantly trying to earn their actors awards or their directors awards it's uh comes off a wee bit desperate and you're like oh wonderful like uh mm-hmm. um what Will Smith has been up to recently. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll see. Um, it, it's not that they're bad actors, and, and they really do deserve good work, but I, no, I don't and know. everyone in this is good. I mean, uh, yeah, we probably Natalie Portman, but Billy Crudup as the as the uh, the investigative journalist who's trying to get the story from her kind of goes, his story arc, he goes from being like, hey, I'm just a journalist here for a story and towards the end, he kind of understands what she's going through and is empathetic with her. Uh, John Hurt is the, is the priest she's kind of doing her confession to throughout the movie as well. Even he's fantastic. Uh, even Peter Sarsgaard, who plays Robert Kennedy. I mean, there's everyone's good here. Um, the interesting thing with this is actually, they had originally envisioned this as a multi-part miniseries, multi-episode miniseries for HBO, and I think hmm. that would have been a much, much better... Uh, place to, have to do this instead of trying to fit it all into like an hour and a half movie because yeah you're, you're covering four days but some parts did feel kind of rushed so having four hours to play with a story instead of an hour and a half would probably have been better but again you're not going to get an oscar for for a four-part hbo miniseries it, it's it's interesting that, that we're talking about the kennedy assassination uh this week um since i'm going to talk about hidden figures which is set in basically the exact same time frame uh, and and just a few years afterwards. Uh, Hidden Figures doesn't come out in most places until late in December, early in January, but I know that a lot of people are interested in this and we got to see an early screening of this in Austin and I wanted to, to let people know about it because quite frankly, other than Star Wars, this was the movie I was most looking forward to uh, for the end of this year. I'm I'm sad to report it is not as good as I really wanted it to be. I was hoping this would be this year's Selma. It, it certainly wanted to be, um, but it just didn't didn't quite reach there. But it is still incredibly good. Uh, bet you didn't know this, but in the early days of NASA. Uh, when when NASA was actually working out of the CIA building in Langley, Virginia, uh, 
NASA didn't have computers. They didn't have calculators. They had people. And there were people who were referred to as computers. And most of these computers were women. And there was a team of African-American women who were uh, the black computers, or sometimes referred to as the Negro computers, who were assigned to various different teams at NASA to go in and do the grunt work of the math, check their math, and that was their job. They were supposed to be human calculators. Uh, now, just as a little bit of context, because this is weird to think about, I think, for you and me, Adam, mm -hmm. Virginia, in the 1960s, was still the South. Uh, there's another Oscar-worthy oh, yeah. movie out, out there uh, right now called Loving, about the uh, the Loving v. Virginia uh, anti-miscegenation case, uh, where interracial marriage was not allowed in Virginia until late into the 1970s. So, uh, you know, this was the South. It may as well have been the Deep South, even though we're only about 5, 10 miles away from Washington, D.C. Uh, women, and especially black women, were not uh, held in very high regard. Uh, there were segregated bathrooms. Um, these women, when when they were doing this work, they had to face things like having to walk across their campus 10, 15 minutes just to go to the bathroom every day because there were not restrooms for black women in the buildings where they worked. Which, again, uh, I, I know this is years and years later, and, and we grew up in a time when racism wasn't quite as overt as it was back then, but... yeah. That thought just still mystifies me. I, I can't understand the rationale behind it, but again, this was, you know, we didn't live back then, so, I mean, who's, who's, I don't know, it's, it just mystifies me. But, but it really puts you back in that case, and, and so we, we see, uh, we see this story through the lives of three very real women, these were real women, and as far as I can tell, these stories are if not 100% true, very, very true, at least to the spirit. Uh, the first is Katherine Johnson, who's played by uh, Taraji P. Henson, who is Cookie, if you watch Empire. Uh, and she plays like a certified math genius. She is super smart. And she gets assigned to the team uh, with Kevin Costner, who's playing the head of the, of the NASA group, that's trying to get a man into orbit. Uh, they're they're trying to beat the Russians, and while they're there, uh, Yuri Gagarin makes it up, and you know they're trying to get John Glenn up to follow him. They've got to figure out the math, and uh, Catherine Johnson is actually one of the people hmm. who comes up with this new math that they have to invent to be able to do it and uh, tells their story. And, of course, she is working against, in some cases, a real uh, sort of pissant white scientist played by Jim Parsons, who is the worst part of this movie. If you hated Jim Parsons, you will hate him even more because he is an obsequious little weasel. And, 
and if you kind of liked Jim Parsons, you're like, oh, he's kind of funny. Yeah, you're you're not gonna like him. Even not even in the way that like, oh, he's a good villain and we love to hate him. It's like, no, he's just awful. He's actually one of the reasons why I was like, every moment he's on screen, I dislike him. It's really because I mean, he's he's so a decent awkward. enough actor. He, he actually is a good actor, and, and I'm not one of those people who hates Big Bang Theory, and I have liked him and other things that he's done. I, maybe it's intentional how off-putting he is, but it's just it's just terrible, and, and I'm really not a fan of, of what he did. Uh, another, another person who is in here who is also um, very off-putting is Kirsten Dunst. Who plays uh, the head of the white women computers uh, group, and she works hand in hand with Octavia Spencer, who plays Dorothy Vaughn, who is in charge of the black computer group. And um, uh, there's there's this kind of not rivalry between the two of them, but uh, there's this great scene between the two of them where uh, Octavia Spencer is. Uh, is confronting Kirsten Dunst and Kirsten Dunst says, you know, I really don't have a problem with you people. And she you says, people. <laughs> and she says, you know, I believe you that in your heart, you really believe that. Ooh. <laughs> so mean. What a great shutdown! down. Because, uh, uh, and, and that's kind of the essence of this movie is that they're even the people who like think that they are being um, they're being tolerant and they're trying to be helpful is as long as you're going along with the system of injustice and you're not helping people out. You're you're reaffirming it just as much as anyone. Uh, also, shout out to Janelle Monet, uh, who plays Mary Jackson, who's also another one of these uh, great uh, black scientists who's able uh, and mathematicians. And her work, um, Mahershala Ali, uh, is also in this movie. Who, uh, if you've watched House of Cards or Luke Cage, he's great. And Aldous Hodge, who was in Straight Outta Compton and the most recent uh, Jack Reacher movie. Uh, all of them are great. Everyone except for Jim Parsons is, is really great. This is a good movie. It teaches you a lot about history. It's a little bit slow. Um, I, I won't say it's over overdone, but it does feel occasionally a little bit heavy-handed. Uh, but mostly it's a, it's a really good movie, and it's a story that needs to be told. So I'm going to forgive it most of its problems. I wish this were a 10 out of 10 movie, and it just doesn't quite make it there. But this is a, a good solid 8. Uh, this is definitely a good movie. You should go see it just so you can learn. And if you care about NASA and the space race, you know, this is like uh, if you went and watched The Right Stuff, which... Oh my gosh. Like, I love the right stuff. That's a great, that's a classic movie. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a great companion piece to that because you forget that so much of what we have accomplished in this country has been done on the backs of people who have never gotten any credit. 
and uh, this is their story. And uh, it's great that, that several of these women have now been uh, have now been honored and their stories have been told, not only through this movie. Um, one of them received the Presidential Medal of Freedom last year from President Obama. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there are, um, you know, these are real contributions. And it's important that we remember these stories so that, like you said, Adam, it, we don't get taught in, in our history books these stories. Uh, I heard... I heard someone say that white privilege means that your your history gets taught in regular classes and mine gets taught as an elective. I'm like, yep, that yeah, is, that about uh, some that that sums it up. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably the best description I've ever heard of that. Yeah, so you know this is this is a story that everyone should go see and and remember, and and also remember this wasn't that long ago that we did have. You know, hardcore segregation and real racism in in our country, and we are at a turning point where I fear we could be going back to that, if if not to actual segregation, at least to more racial animosity and um, and 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 government stepping in, and you know, uh, yeah, I won't go any further than saying that because I, well, I no, just but can't it's, even it, the, the general the general environment now seems to be that you know again we're not going to go into politics because so that's not what this podcast is about. But you know, the, the uh, musical Avenue Q has a really wonderful song called "Everyone's a Little Bit Racist," uh-huh. and it's making the point. And, uh, by the way, Avenue Q is uh, essentially a Broadway musical. It's like Sesame Street for adults. You got these actors on stage with puppets. And they say horrible things, but they make good points. And you know, no matter how much we try to try to deny it, I think everyone in deep down inside, there's a little tiny piece that's racist. No oh yeah, how hard you try not to. Everyone's a little bit racist. And if we all just agree with that and understand that's wrong, and we need to work on it, hey, we're gonna make life a better place. So taking that idea that everyone's a little bit racist, I think sometimes the the culture nowadays with what has happened and uh, rewarding some of that those people who are saying things that they shouldn't be saying but a lot of people were thinking now gives them and, and their point of their point of view maybe their mindset well now because someone who said what i was thinking and didn't get punished for it now it's okay for me to say that because what's the worst thing that could happen i could become president <laughs> yeah. yep. so i i think you mentioned that yeah it was it wasn't that long ago we still need to just keep an eye on what happened and learn from it uh even more so today yes because that that sentiment never kind of went away. I think it got quelled a lot. And I think a lot of us did move beyond that and become the better people we are today. But there's still a large sentiment of people who maybe don't agree with that or don't share that point of view. Yeah, you know, uh, we talked just five minutes ago about uh, doing things on HBO versus having things in the in the theater. There's a amazing documentary on Netflix right now called The 13th about uh, the fight for the 13th Amendment. And you would be the third person today who's mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, and, and also made by the same person who made uh, Selma, Ava DuVernay. And I think she is an amazing director. Go go watch that. It, it, is, it is just as prestigious in my mind uh, and hopefully gets some recognition. It's... Uh, yeah. 
I mean, we're not going to review it, but but that's uh, yeah, that's another good companion piece to this about and about what's you know, really going. You brought up a really interesting point earlier about that you want to give this movie a ten before the message behind it, mm-hmm. but it's not our responsibility as the ones who are looking at this as both a movie and possible art or a history lesson to elevate it to what we think it should be. Um, that is on merits that are not based on its own. I guess merits alone. I guess that was kind of a horribly put together sentence. Oh yeah, no, but I, but I get what you're saying. But you, you made me think of the movie Crash, which came out a couple of years ago, which also oh. very highly dealt with racial inec- injustices and inequities, uh, and it won the Academy Award for some godforsaken reason because I think Hollywood was afraid of gay people still, even though half of them are. Um, but for me, I don't, I don't, don't know if we've ever really talked about that. But my, I didn't like that movie. I thought it was overrated, overhyped, overstuffed. Um, but at the same time, had a good message that unfortunately yeah. was all wrapped up in Hollywood gloss to, again, this movie came out to win an Oscar. That was the only mm. reason why it existed, and it was successful at it. And, uh, and to play on a nascent white guilt, and as long as you, like, tap into that wellspring, then it's like, oh, well, I guess I have to do this, or else it means I'm I'm racist and I'm a bigot. No, And, and it, there's been there's been other recent movies that we won't get into that are the same thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, it, it's not our responsibility to rate a movie higher than it should be because it has a good message. And if that was the case, then there would be tons of movies out there that are horrible that would be getting perfect tens and winning awards. And I think that's something that people keep in mind. Like, like maybe someone will see this movie and think, well, how could you not think it was the the best movie of the year because it has such a good message? Like, that doesn't make it a good movie, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I... I mean, it is a good movie, like you said. We gave it a good score. I want but, it to... I want to cheerlead for this movie, but it it has a couple little problems in it, and one of those is Jim Parsons. So... <laughs> <laughs> which, I've which, never been a huge Jim Parsons fan. I mean, he's okay on Big Bang Theory. Um... Mm-hmm. From what I hear, he's a, he's a decent person, so no offense to you so if you're listening, because yeah. I'm sure you are. Uh, <laughs> I do give credit to any actor or actress who plays such a weasel that you hate them so much, you hate the real person in life. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, totally. It's kind of like seeing John Lithgow as the uh, in season four of Dexter, and just wanting to go find him on the street and punch him, because he was that good. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is... I don't know. There's there's something about what he's doing here, though, that I, I can't even put my finger on what was so terrible about it. But it was in in some ways he almost like underplayed what what was going on, and and maybe that was a conscious choice. I don't know, but I I just didn't like it, and I didn't. I I feel like ironically Kirsten Dunst like walked that line much better, where you're like you kind of hate her. But you understand where she's coming from. This guy, he's just like, you just hate him and you don't understand why he has it in for uh, Little Miss Catherine. Like, so he's, he's a like, villain for the sake of being a villain. Yeah, exactly. I think the real problem might be that he sets it up so that Kevin Costner has to step in and be the white man who makes things change for people. Um which mm-hmm. I, I didn't like that either. I didn't like that there was a little bit of 
well, you know, the white man's gonna gonna fix all this, and he's gonna solve all of these racial problems by uh, if you've if you've seen the trailer, there's like him taking a crowbar to uh, a bathroom sign that says like colored women's bathroom, and uh, it's like uh, it's just so overwrought, and this movie should not be about the white people, and I don't like the fact that. It, the actions of of the Jim Parsons character like made it so that it had to be about that. I would have I would have rather seen this group of women like overcoming their own problems like on their own terms and um, because of the value of their work, which was ninety percent of it, and just this little bit of it that was kind of this white man's burden sort of bit. I felt was just out of place in what was otherwise a great story. So basically you're saying the movie played out exactly how it is in the history books. The white men did everything. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Well, I don't even want to go that far. It's it's like in instead of it being 90% the white people did everything, it's, it's changed and they're still like, oh, well, the white men did 10% of it, so we... We don't want to demonize the white men because there were some of them that were good too, and mm-hmm. I'm like, why? Why does it have to even go there? Do we? Do we have to? I I I don't know. It's it's hard for me to exactly put my finger on what bothered me about that, but I I didn't like that part of the story, and I felt we could have lost that and been been just as good, if not better, of a movie. Mm-hmm. So boom. There you go. We had two history movies this week. Uh, both decent. You know, one better than the other. Uh, so when uh, Hidden Figures definitely comes out in theaters, which will probably be around Christmas time, and then yep. wider release uh, in the new year, uh, go check it out. I mean, I think it's interesting to see the true story of what actually happened and what got us to the moon that fulfilled President Kennedy's promise back in uh, from Jackie. So. Yep. Um, that'll take it thin to this week, though. Next week, we've got uh, our... Of course, we have to have a Christmas movie. So, Holiday Christmas Party. We'll Yay. see how that goes. <laughs> could be good, could be bad. I honestly know nothing about it. So, that's kind of fun to go into a movie uh, with no preconceived notion. All uh, I know then, is TJ Miller is in it, and I will see anything that guy does. Oh, yeah, he's, he's wonderful. We love him. I want to be his friend to drink beer with him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, and then after that, we also will be discussing La La Land, which is in its limited release. Uh, it's not quite out yet, so I can't review it. But if I was going to review it, I would say this is Best Picture of the Year. And we'll talk more about that next time. But until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. Punk ass tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key, he's gonna 